Um, Our passage of Scripture is this passage from Luke chapter 13, verse 10 through 17, and the title of the sermon today is Transformed, Transformed. Uh, Just as a way of reminding you, I've been using the themes from John Endermark's book's Gospel Lives as kind of the jumping off place for our worship emphasis each week. And uh, some of you are studying that book in your Sunday school classes or your small groups and uh, others uh, may be interested in studying it. I commend the book to you. Um, But today's topic is transformation, transformation. Last week, a friend of mine sent me uh, some information about a man who was sort of experiencing a midlife crisis. Uh, He had not really been involved in any sort of organized activity since he was in intramural basketball when he was back in college. And he's now in his 50s. And he sort of looks at his life and he's thinking, you know, this is not really the way that I imagined it being. And I think it's time for me to make some changes. And so one of the changes that this man decided to make was to join a fitness club. And so he did his research and he found one of those clubs where you could join, no pressure, no commitment. You can just pay $10 a month and at any time you decide you don't want to go anymore, you can just stop going. You're not under any kind of contract. And he signed up to join that fitness club. And he realized that if I'm going to do well at this fitness thing, I'm probably going to need some encouragement. I'm probably going to need some motivation. So he decided that he also needed to hire a personal trainer. And the personal trainer that he hired described herself on her website as a 26-year-old aerobics instructor who also models swimwear and athletic gear. And at first glance, this man decided that he had made a great decision. One of the best decisions of his life would be to spend every morning beginning with this personal trainer. So on day one, he shows up at the gym, and there's his personal trainer, Sandy, there to greet him. She's got a beautiful smile. She's got encouraging words, and and she proceeds to show him his first day's activities, his first day's exercise routine. And within about 18 minutes of this routine, he realizes that he's already aching from holding in his gut so that his personal trainer can't see him. (laughs) At the end of the first day's routine, she says, I'm so glad we got to spend this time together today and I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. And he's thinking, and I'm looking forward to seeing you. Well, day two shows up. Day two, it's just a little bit harder for him to get out of bed that second day. You know, that exercise routine had kind of gotten to him a little bit. But, but, he, but he shows up, and, and there she is once again with that beautiful smile, with those wonderful words of encouragement. And she introduces him to the treadmill and to free weights. 
And by the end of that second day's routine, uh, his arms and his legs felt like noodles, but the beautiful smile and those encouraging words of a really gifted personal trainer had him still all in. Well, on day three, this guy couldn't even lift his toothbrush up to his mouth to brush his teeth. But he still somehow managed to get to the gym just a little bit earlier in the hopes that he would find someone who would brush his teeth for him. By the time he saw that personal trainer, Sandy, however, her smile didn't look as beautiful on day three as it did on day one. And he began to wonder, is she having trouble brushing her teeth as well? And then this woman introduced him to the stare monster. And it was at this point in his exercise routine week that he began to realize that this woman may not know what she's doing. Why in the world would she put him on a machine to teach him how to climb stairs when that activity has become absolutely obsolete with the invention of the elevator? But still, at the end of the workout, he's trying his hardest to stay positive Day four. Day four arrives and he's 30 minutes late to his workout because now it's taking longer and longer for him to tie his shoes in the morning. When he finally gets to the gym, he sees personal trainer Sandy and he's pretty sure that that smile which was so beautiful on day one now has vampire fangs coming on both sides because she's literally sucking the life out of him. Day five, he's awakened by a phone call. It's personal trainer Sandy wondering where he is for their 6 a.m. workout. He says, I'm sorry, Sandy, I must have overslept. She said, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. By Sunday, the poor guy couldn't even walk into church without some assistance from someone else. And yet according to the story that my friend sent me, even though he was hurting, even though he was experiencing so much pain, he kept with it, he kept at it, and sooner or later he began to see some transformation taking place in his physical condition. Now there's another story, one of a lady in our scripture today who also showed up to church in a tremendous amount of pain. She wasn't in pain because she'd just started a new exercise routine. She had been in pain for 18 years, 18 long years. And at first glance, if you read what Luke says, it sounds as if this woman's pain was the result of some sort of a demonic spirit. And yet, Luke doesn't specifically say that the woman was demon-possessed. And many scholars have come along later and said that that word that is translated crippled by a spirit might 
this word spirit might actually just simply mean illness or a, a spirit of weakness. So we don't really know if this woman was in such pain because of some sort of demonic possession or whether she had gotten sick and, and, and her illness resulted in her condition or, or, or whether she had some sort of an accident. All we know is that for 18 years, this woman had been bent over and unable to stand up straight. And just like the man in the workout story that I began the sermon with, this woman's pain is not just physical because when you're experiencing physical pain, it affects every part of your life. It affects you emotionally. It affects you spiritually. And so it's safe to say that if this woman had been in physical pain for 18 years, that she was also experiencing some sort of emotional pain as well. It's interesting to note in the story in Luke's Gospel that this woman doesn't approach Jesus looking for a miracle. It really does appear as if she has come to church that day not for a miracle, but to worship. I find this really interesting because while I'm exaggerating some, I'm not exaggerating a lot, in my 25 years of ministry, I've known people to chip a nail and feel like that means they need to stay out of church for a month. And yet here is a woman who has been hurting for 18 years. I would suggest to you both physically and emotionally. And yet here she is when it's time to come together for worship. She is there. Luke says that Jesus noticed this woman. And this is the funny thing about the text is that Jesus called this woman who can't even walk, bent over straight, calls her over. Jesus doesn't go to her. The text says that he calls this woman over to him. And he says to the woman, You're, you have been freed from your ailments. Can you imagine how she felt? Can you imagine after 18 years? I mean, I thought about just starting out. If I didn't have this bald spot on the top of my head, I was just going to bend over like this and preach like this for a few minutes. And just, you know, even if you've been bent over like that for a few minutes, or even if you've been bent over picking up weed, t picking weeds out of your garden, you know how you feel when you first stand up? You're like, oh, man. Can you imagine this woman being 18 years bent over and not able to stand up straight and all of a sudden being able to do it. I mean, I think about the people in our congregation who've had back trouble and hip trouble and, and they've only had it for days or maybe weeks or maybe at the most months and, 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 and then they have a surgery and, and they feel so much better. Can you imagine how much better you would feel if you'd been feeling that way for 18 long years? And Jesus frees her from her ailment. And boy, she was already there to worship. But don't you know she really got into worship after she had experienced that kind of physical and emotional healing. She was so happy to praise God. But not everybody there was happy. Because the synagogue leader was upset 
The synagogue leader was upset because Jesus had healed this woman on the Sabbath. You see, in his mind, in the mind of so many people like him during that day, healing was actually considered work, and work was the one thing that you couldn't do on the Sabbath. So when Jesus healed this woman, he had actually violated the Sabbath by working on the Sabbath. But thanks be to God that Jesus put liberation over laws. Thanks be to God that Jesus was more focused on liberating her from her physical and emotional pain. For, uh, he put more focus on transforming her life than he did on obeying all of those laws, hundreds and hundreds of laws that had been organized around the Sabbath. Jesus said, if you can help an ox or a donkey on the Sabbath then why in the world wouldn't you he help a precious child of God's, a precious daughter of Abraham? I suspect that in a crowd this size, many people here this morning have come in some sort of pain. It might be physical pain. It might be emotional pain. It might be spiritual pain. And perhaps... You've been hurting for so long that you've begun to wonder if any sort of liberation or freedom from your ailment is even possible. And yet, just like the woman, you're still here worshiping the Lord. Well, my prayer would be that in the same way that this woman found transformation for her life, that you would experience transformation as well. Whether your pain has been for 18 minutes or for 18 years, I pray that coming to worship the Lord will make a difference in your life. I pray that Jesus will see you and free you for transformation.